The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey everybody out there in Radio Land, this is James Young from the Rock Band Sticks. If you are technically challenged, if you got trouble with that computer ears, because Lord knows I do, you need to listen to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Thanks for being here. All right, guys, this week was kind of a big week when it came to technology. First off, I will say it, tomorrow being Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you both. Now we can officially happy throw, Father's Day to you. throw Sean in there. Yeah, happy, happy first Father's, Father's Day. Day. I will have to, in the next segment, I, so when we take a break, I'll go up and get one of the gifts that Caleb got me, because you guys are going to love it. Now, wait a minute. Okay. Is, is, the, is the spouse supposed to get a gift for the mother, like when it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, or it's supposed to come from the kid? Well, I mean, if the kid <laughs> is not old enough to buy something, yeah. Come on, Max isn't getting on Amazon yet? No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his own Amazon account. Um, no, like Eric Eric has uh, given me a couple gifts already um, nice. in the past few years, but it's all come from from Misa. So I, I would assume probably in the next couple of years or so, he'll start to... He'll start to want to, you know, look at his own things. He wants to world's me. best dad coffee mug. You gotta have those. Yeah, gotta have a right? tie. Brute by Fabergé. All that yeah. fun stuff. Uh, I will say a little coming up a little later on the show. We're going to be joined by a good friend of the show, Scott Kelby, the first guy to ever write a book on digital photography. Uh, runs Kelby One. That's his group, which can teach you everything about photography. They've got something coming up Tuesday and Wednesday, so we're going to talk about that. Bill, he'll be on the show a little later on with us now. I don't know if you saw the news this week, uh, which I thought was actually kind of cool. So um, the Xbox, people might want to buy themselves an Xbox console. We know that during the peak of the pandemic, it was difficult to get, you know, the newer Xboxes out, uh, even mm-hmm. more so harder to get the Playstations. But for those that wanted to play the Xbox games, you know, it was made, they made it difficult. Samsung this past week made a big announcement. So on their new big TVs, that are now put out this year and in the future, they will now have the Samsung Gaming Hub, which is part of the television. It's kind of like an app. And now you can take your uh, your Microsoft uh, Ultimate uh, pack and now take your subscription and add it to the television so you can play Xbox titles without a console. If you've got yourself a 65-inch 4K television, you'll then be able to play with the Gaming Hub with your subscription right there on your big screen TV with a connected controller to your TV. So it's something that uh, Microsoft and Samsung have been working on. Now we'll have to see if Sony is going to do the same thing with this PlayStation and its televisions, which would also be kind of a win-win. Somebody asked me, they said, will the price go up of Samsung televisions because they're doing this? I said, I don't think so. I think this is a win-win for Samsung because people want to get themselves a brand new TV. And it's a win-win for Microsoft because you're still paying for the subscription. You know, Game Pass, when it first came out, people thought, all right, all right cool, whatever. It's, it's you know, it's Xbox. You know, you can, you know, rent some games or whatever kind of thing. But Game Pass has really taken on life of its own. I really think it is going to be the future of gaming as we know it. Instead of you having to go buy games, you just subscribe to a monthly service that will deliver you a selection of games and if you like the game, then you can buy it at a discount uh, to keep playing it. So you can play it for free. Well, not really necessarily for free, but trial. You can pay it. Yeah. Well, you you pay it with your subscription that you're already paying. But then 
they'll notify you, say, hey, this game is about to leave Game Pass. If you want to buy it, here's a 30% off discount. I didn't even think about that. So that's how they do it now. But honestly, this is kind of the way it is, or way it's going to be, because if you think about it, a lot of indie developers don't really get the publicity to get their games out there with the standard model. But with Game Pass, you know, everybody is on a level playing field where they deliver all the games to you and say, here is your selection of games from AAA titles all the way down to a single person, you know, indie developer. Here are your games. For those that don't and know, does it change every month though? I mean, if it so- does. It changes that. Well, it changes every month. They add new games and then some do go away, but they do tell you. They let you know like 30 to 60 days in advance saying, hey, this game's about to leave. If you want to keep playing this, you got to buy it. And here's a you know 30 to 50% off discount. Then you so, can own it in your library. Yes, but the thing is, is nobody else is doing this. Sony is not doing this. Wait, I thought Sony Nintendo, was gonna, I thought Sony was going to do this with their PlayStation network. They they were talking about it, but they weren't able to execute the way that Microsoft has. Yeah. And and Nintendo, they, they, you know, Nintendo is Nintendo, okay? They they don't do what the what everybody else does. Um Nintendo's got the Nintendo online subscription where they release, you know, all the classic video games from the NES, the Super NES, uh, you know, the Nintendo 64, you know, things like that. But nothing is like the Xbox Game Pass. And I think that we're going to see that more often. And not only talking about Samsung TVs, but, you know, Xbox is now rumored to release the next version of the Xbox is going to be strictly a streaming console. That's it. No more putting putting any games on a DVD, yeah. nothing. No, no, it's going to be a streaming console, which which means you're going to be able to buy the next Xbox for considerably cheaper than you would nowadays. Because what? The Xbox Series X, when I bought it, it was $500. Right. The new console, I would assume, would probably be somewhere around $150, $200. And if it's an entirely streaming device, does that mean there'd be no storage on it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, I don't think so. It would literally just be a streaming device. So you just pick the game and there you go. It's like watching a movie online. You yeah, know, pretty like much. Like Netflix and, 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 you know, NVIDIA, for, for, on the PC market, NVIDIA does the same thing now with the NVIDIA. What, what is that called, Sean? NVIDIA Shield. Shield. No, 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 not NVIDIA Shield. The newest thing they've got where it's straight streaming the games. It's like NVIDIA Go or something. Right. Um. All right, pull that down. Let's see if we can find it. All right. Uh, NVIDIA, NVIDIA GeForce Now. GeForce yeah, NVIDIA now. GeForce. Okay. Yeah, GeForce Now. So you can basically play games, literally just streaming them to your computer. Now, I do watch a few streamers, like uh, like on uh, Facebook, like Darkness429. We've interviewed him in the past. He does these sponsored events where he will play uh, an NVIDIA GeForce Now game, and he'll tell you, like, look, I'm moving my mouse, and there's no lag. I mean, he's got gigabit internet, right? Yeah. yeah. But he's using a lot of that to do the streaming. You know, he's streaming to Facebook. So he's using up a lot of his bandwidth and yet he's still able to play these games with like zero lag. And there's nothing on his computer. It's literally just streaming. This is the future. But the problem is there's so many people out there that don't have the capabilities to be able to do that. Rural America does not have the capabilities to do streaming. They keep talking about it. They keep saying it's going to be coming to rural America. Money has been thrown into... 
you know, the, the big developers uh, to provide internet services, but we, they've been saying that for like 20 years. Yeah. We still haven't seen that yet. Now I'm wondering, you know, you were talking about some of the games going away. What about heritage games? Like, let's face it, Microsoft flight simulator. I had the game pass and my computer was like, I, I got to get a new graphics card. I got the graphics card. I still haven't really gotten to that point where I'm gaming with it. I finally got to fine tune for my media creation and stuff. But I mean, is that a game? Is that a title? Do you think that eventually Microsoft will say, yeah, we're going to pull it? Or do you think I, I that's a think draw? I don't think so. I think because they have so mm. many people that are getting it. And there's so many add-ons that you can buy. And if you get the base game for free, I feel like you're more likely to purchase things in the game. Right. Planes, maps, texture packs, etc. They just had the Maverick. So with Top Gun, the release of Top Gun, they released the Maverick Flight Sim Update, which is amazing, by the way. Is it really? Now, what do you get to fly? You get the F-18, a single-seat F-18, which is amazing to fly. And they have uh, landing. They have a land carrier landing challenge. You land on a carrier with the hook and all that stuff. Um, then they have low-altitude challenges where you race against a ghost, essentially, uh, of, like a, of a decent time, and you have to be as low and as fast as you can through all this terrain. And it's incredible. I'll pull it up at the end of the show and show you guys, but... What they also announced this past week, they're having their 40th anniversary of Microsoft this year. So they announced, mm. hey, we're going to release all these new planes and all this stuff. And it was great. And everybody's excited. And then at the end of the video, there was still like three minutes of video. And it was black. And I was like, this is weird. It's weird. So then it goes and it goes. And then finally you see the Pelican from Halo. Oh, you're going to be able to fly that? You can, and, and then at the end of the video, they said, available now. Oh, wow. So I really? logged in, downloaded the Pelican, and flew it around. How is, how is it to fly? Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So you're it flying? It's in- like a big tanker. And sp- it's it's designed to obviously be interstellar and all that stuff, but it's just a cool... It's Everybody's one of the favorite things to fly in the Halo games. You know, it's, it's the plane that's a cargo carrier, but it also picks up the warthogs and flies them around. So if you're familiar with the Halo series at all, you're going to know what the Pelican is, and it's fun, right? So being able to fly it, in Microsoft Flight Simulator was awesome. Now, you uh, let me ask you. So you, so you, cool. you fire up Flight Sim. Now, I don't know about you, Justin, because I know you... I haven't done that for a while. Right? And now I'm just wondering, Sean, when you do it, do you fire up flying over your hometown so you, you would uh, see what it's like? I or? mean, I, I have, right? So it, I grew up in rural n- north northern Michigan, right? So the, right. the graphic detail is they haven't gone and done LiDAR scanning of my parents' home, right? Right. So it, it doesn't look like anything like my parents' home. It, you, the, the terrain looks similar. You can see the pond on my parents' property, but it's like it, the buildings are somewhat in the right place. But I typically fly in bigger cities or I fly up in northern Michigan around the Mackinac Bridge because that's a it's kind of a, a keystone landmark for Michigan is the is the, the Mackinac Bridge, which spans across the Straits of Mackinac between Mackinac City and St. Ignace. And uh, it's fun to take the planes and do loops around the bridge, fly under it, all that <laughs> stuff, and take off from Mackinac Island and, you know, kind of stuff. The big thing, like I said, the big thing I've been doing is I play with my brother, I play with a coworker, I play with a couple of my friends. And what we've been doing is playing real time with other people, flying in the F-18s, all, all four of us. And we've <laughs> oh been gosh. picking, and then we've been picking one person that we know is flying, like a, a you know, seven eighty seven or something. And we'll go and we'll flank them and escort them and just fly around them and do barrel rolls and you know. <laughs> that, that is stuff. cool. We, we, so cool. Yeah. We've been chasing people, um, but the low altitude challenges are a ton of fun, just because it's it's hard, it's challenging. You're learning how to do. You know, 
the split S maneuver, if you will, from the first Top Gun movie. That's an actual aerial movement that you right. they teach you because there's just a training mission you can do. Um, but it's insanely hard because you're you. It's hard to be fast. It's hard to be low at the same time. I know that uh, Tom Cruise's P fifty one Mustang is in the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet. Have you guys? Which seen, is, what, the movie is incredible. I is saw it? it. Oh my I god! Saw it, the new uh, one. I saw yeah. it about a week ago with my brothers. I saw it I two weeks missed ago. Missed an IMAX oh, by two awesome. days, which I was bummed about. Dude, um, IMAX. Was, no, 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 no. IMAX. No, Dolby Cinema. What is that better than I than IMAX? Yes. I looked it up. I looked it up. I compared all the settings around it. Everything. Dolby Cinema is better than IMAX. The only thing IMAX has over Dolby Cinema is a larger screen. But the sound quality, the projection quality, everything else about Dolby Cinema is better than IMAX. But people well, are if, saying they if, love if, the movie. If, if there were, I live in rural, the rural Midwest. Right? There's, there's none of that around here. Okay. <laughs> well, that's your <laughs> fault. I have to drive over an hour to get to an IMAX. Oh, man. that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. So you were just happy to see. It. So the movie is good then. The movie oh my is god, incredible. it's amazing! It's it's by far, in my opinion, the best sequel that I've ever seen to a movie. There, there, there's there's somebody that mentioned this. I can't remember exactly who it was. I think I was I think I saw it online. They, they're like, it's very rare, very rare, that a sequel is better than the original. This is one of those times. Yes, one hundred percent agree with that comment. It it was an incredible movie with so many throwbacks to the originals. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but, but there's, there's, it, it's they reference characters, they I, reference lines, they reference clips, they show some clips from the original, and this isn't spoiling anything. But the opening sequence from Top Gun, where they're on the aircraft carrier and yeah. they're showing all these yep, planes yep. and silhouettes and people doing work, they shot it very similar to that at the beginning of the first movie. Yep, oh, and it cool. is incredible. Now, I gotta say one thing though, I will spoil something. All right, there is one thing that is completely completely and utterly untrue and false about this movie. There is no way that the generation, generation Z, Gen Z, who are now the new Top Gun fighter pilots, right? These guys, these that would young be age guys. age group what? Uh, uh, 22, they'd be the, 23, they'd be the 25, 24. 20, 25 yeah. to 30. Okay. There is no way that these guys know all the lyrics to Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> no way no way don't tell me that song is in there again oh it yeah, is oh boy <laughs> i definitely want to know overall it was an incredible movie um you know this movie was a big part of my childhood because my brother was in the right age group he was six when the movie came out right so it was perfect for him with flying and jets and stuff and we grew up near an airport uh and stuff like so we saw jets all the time and stuff so it was really cool to see and it's just it's just a good movie I will tell you, really good. while everybody was watching Top Gun, and everybody was watching Jurassic World Dominion. You were watching Hallmark. No, I okay, actually sorry. saw a movie. <laughs> Thank you. I saw a movie I really liked. Uh, the movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh my God, I want to see that so bad. With Nicolas Cage. Let me tell you. I thought, because lately, let's face it, his movies have been eh, not that eh. great. Yeah. yeah. But this one, it's it well, shines. It's, it is this so is like good. A, this is like a, a B and John Malkovich movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's I like, mean, it's make it's kind of low key making fun of himself, but it turns into an action movie that you're rooting for him in. And it, even that's though, so you know, cool. that's Nick cage, it's just so well done. Uh, even they even did the thing. If you remember the movie, the last movie star with Burt Reynolds, 
one of the cool things they did about the, in that film before his passing is they actually had a younger Burt Reynolds driving the Trans Am with the older Burt Reynolds sitting in the car with him from Smokey and the Bandit and on the boat wow. in Deliverance talking to him about life. And, you know, they did some clever editing to make it really work out. They did the same thing in this one with a CGI deep fake Nick Cage. It wasn't that great, but it was kind of cool because it was a Nick Cage from Valley Girl. Which I, eh. I thought was, that was kind of, kind of different, but yeah, yeah pretty neat, pretty neat I stuff. I really want to see that movie, actually, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, 20 bucks on Amazon Prime. It, it is worth it. I was surprised. I thought, okay, money well spent in this case. Okay. It's all worth right. seeing, but, um, all right. Uh, what was the, what's the movie name again? One more time. For the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. And again, it just, it's, it starts off a little weird. But then it just it becomes an action film, and you really get into it. And they did a really good job with it. So awesome. I, I I thought the movie was really good. Um, speaking of that, we've been talking about games. This past week, it was announced, uh, and the movie and the game released. And I didn't know anything about this. The Quarry. Now, The Quarry apparently a big game. It was a sequel to a movie called Un, or a game called Until Dawn, which apparently was a scary movie. A lot of people raving about this saying that it's one of the most intense video games that are out there. Now, huh. it's geared to the older set. You know, it's not for the young kids because they're going to be terrified playing it. And it's funny because my, my daughter was talking to me. We were talking about games, and she mentioned the quarry. And she said, you know, we're talking about scary games. She was remembering when we would play Heretic. Oh, Heretic. Yeah, Heretic. yeah I remember playing that. And yeah. she was terrified we were playing that one. And then Castle Wolfenstein. But she said this one yeah. apparently is a new kind of scary for kids. So, again, if you're looking for a game that's kind of scary, you might think about uh, that one. Here, so it's it. Yeah, I'm going to read the summary real quick. All I right. found another one. It's late summer in the remote forests of upstate New York, and the teen counselors of Hackett's Quarry have the camp to themselves for one final night. That means no kids, no adults, and no rules. In this thrilling cinematic tale, you control the fates of all nine camp counselors as their party plans unravel into unpredictable night of horror. With life or death decisions around every turn, the choices you make will determine how the story unfolds. Wow. Is this like a full motion video type game where it's like real footage or is it all like CGI? I think game? it's CGI animation. Okay. And, and that's what, what people said Until Dawn was. And there's a lot of there's a lot of game titles that are like, I don't want to say underground, but we may not have heard about because they were being played by maybe a younger set that really enjoyed them. And now that younger set is a little older. They can afford some of these games as well. Um, so again, they're they're paying out because of that experience, and I think that's what that's what Destiny, that's what my daughter kind of experienced with it, being able to play some of these games that I knew nothing about. But these are the ones that they were playing, you know, at 18, 17 and eighteen years of age. And in that same respect, we're talking about games. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught the news this week that Duke Nukem is coming to the big screen as a oh, live wow. action movie. Okay, who's going to play Duke Nukem? That's the big question, because the guys... It's got to be Bruce Campbell. He'd be good. Or John he's, Cena. He's, John Cena, I think, would be perfect for that. You know, before Bruce... If you think about it, Bruce Willis was almost a little like the character in The Fifth Element. But sure. uh, it's being put together by the guys who did Cobra Kai. It's not going to be a series. Oh. It's going to be a movie. And they know how to make some movies, so I think it could be pretty good. John you know, Cena would actually be a really good Duke Nukem. Yeah, the only thing is yes. it, ha it has to be John St. John. It's gonna, they got to have a voice, you know. Well, okay, but but the thing is, is how can you have John Cena play the character, but John St. John be the voice? It's called dubbing. 
<laughs> oh, that's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> that would be that would be the way to do it. I'm here to kick butt and take names. <laughs> or wait, no, wait. You were I'm close. here to kick butt and chew chew gum and that I'm all it. out of gum. That was that was the line. But yeah. that would be uh, no, pretty good. Another game that that I played back in the day that uh, that actually is is actually a new one that's coming out or it's actually out right now. Miss Pac-Man. Well, Miss Pac-Man, I love Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. No, um do you remember like Privateer, Wing Commander, all those like oh, space yeah. exploration games? Yeah, they were fun. So the yeah, so the dude that made uh all those uh Chris Roberts, he has this new thing, it's like Robert Space Industries. He's got a game that he's had out since since 2012. And it's kind of like the next evolution of like Privateer or Wing Commander. It's called Star Citizen. And I've known about this for many years now. I I purchased it many years ago, but the the thing about Star Citizen is that he's trying to make this He's trying to make the biggest and best game of all time. And he's trying to make it so that it is a persistent online universe where you can explore thousands and thousands of planets and space stations that are living and breathing. And there's going to be NPCs, but there's also going to be real players. And you can you know do things like trading or combat or bounty hunting. But the thing is, is... is it was announced back in 2012 and he raised like four. What, what was it here? Uh, $2 million, $2 million on Kickstarter to, to fund the initial cost of the game. That was back in 2012. It is now 2022, 10 years later. And there's still an alpha. Oh, like wow. the game is out. You can, you can play the game. But when I first found out about this back in 20, oh, let's see, 2018, right? Yeah, 2018, 2019 uh, time frame. I got it with a huge expectation like, oh my God, this is going to be like privateer. It's going to be like my childhood, you know, being able to play these games where I can go trade things from spaceport to spaceport. The game was so buggy. Like you, it was literally unplayable. Right. And yet there were people that were still putting so much money into it. Today, today they have raised $63.25 million as of March 2020. But that number has considerably gone up when COVID hit, because that right there was around the time that COVID hit. It's it's probably near up to like 200 some million dollars that they have raised toward this game. But yet it's still an alpha. Now, again, I played it back in like 2018, 2019. It was unplayable. I stopped playing it. I played it again in like 2020, late 2020 or so. It was still unplayable, but a little bit better. As of a couple days ago, I got back into it because they released a mass, massive update. The game is now playable. It's actually not bad, but there's still some bugs with it. I think they're getting close to getting to the point where they can release a quote-unquote beta version of it before they do their general release. But it is an amazing game. I mean, you can travel across the entire universe, and every space station is a little bit different. There's all kinds of missions you can do. But it it's um it's it's massive. I mean, this game is insanely massive. Now, if our listeners want to uh, find out more about this, they might want to play it, get on the list. How do they do that? Well, you can just look up Star Citizen, or you can go to robertsspaceindustries.com. dot com. That's probably the best one because 
we had a couple of papers called the star one called the citizen so that might be confusing for tucson sure yeah, yeah. no you can go to like i think you can go to robertsspaceindustries.com or you just go to wikipedia look up star citizen um that's where i'm finding all this information from here but all right. it's actually really really good all right we get take a break we come back scott kelby i got a chance to talk with scott about a special seminar that's coming up on tuesday and wednesday how to make money in photography. Mm. There's so many different ways to do it. So we'll talk about what he is going to be covering, what he isn't going to be covering. And I'm going to ask him that question based on what Sony said is the DSLR going to be disappearing because Ooh. of what we carry in our smartphones. So we'll find that out coming up with more of tech talk radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin. Let me find us on the web. TechTalkRadio.com. We'll be right back. And now, Back to Tech Talk Radio. Now, one of my uh, great passions is photography. And, you know, I was speaking with uh, Guy Ashley the other day. It was, it was kind of cool because Guy is a gifted photographer, does some great stuff, and is now working with many organizations here uh, in the Green Valley area uh, doing pho- photography for them and just does some great captures. And we were talking, and I, I mentioned the name Scott Kelby. And Guy's eyes lit up, and he said, you know Scott Kelby? I'm like, yeah, of course. We go way back. Uh, and, of course, Scott, uh, the, the mastermind behind Kelby One and uh, is one of the first people to ever write a book on digital photography, and we are so happy to have him online with us. Scott, great to talk to you again. <laughs> same here, same here. That was, that's a funny story. <laughs> you were just telling there. Did you tell him I know Scott, and it's, he's just not that awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to get a shirt made that says, I know Scott Kelby. I think that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> and he's kind of just boring. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. You know, you provide so much great information for photographers over the years. And, you know, we've seen the art of digital photography get to develop so much and we've talked to you so many times about you know the the big photoshop world conference and the conferences that you do and the instruction at kelby one i was really happy to see that you're working uh on this conference that's coming up this week on the 21st and the 22nd that really helps the photographer that wants to make a living at photography this is their dream it doesn't have to be just a hobby this can actually be a profession Right, uh, yeah, and, and of course, being a professional photographer, honestly, is is, is not an easy gig. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. it takes a while to 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 build uh you know to build a client base and all that. So what we're really trying to do in the conference is to kind of get people just earning money, right? Yeah. So it's look the conference is really about how to earn money with your photography because it's going to sound crazy, but there have never been more ways to make money with photography than there are today. People are making money in the craziest, just all kinds of different ways. And, I, you know, I think for many photographers, like, you know, a lot of photographers that are really serious are, you know, anesthesiologists and they're mm-hmm. dentists and they're engineers and their moms. and they're, they're not going to give up their day gig, right? You know, yeah. they're, they're working or they're, they're running a household and they're like, you know, I, I'm not ready to change careers, but if I could start earning some money, that would be cool. But what happens is, if you really, you know, get successful, then all of a sudden it does become your career. And I've talked to people that are like, you know, I, I talked to a brain surgeon and this guy's showing me pictures of what they do in the, in the you know, in their uh, right. surgical room and all that. And he goes, but 
you know, honestly, if I could just be a photographer full time, I would love that. <laughs> I'm well, like, you're a brain surgeon. There is, there is some. The rest of the world wants to be a brain surgeon and you want to be a photographer. photographer. Well, there's something romantic, <laughs> Scott, really about, you know, getting that perfect sunrise or that perfect sunset or capturing the look on a child's face when they play in the water oh, and, yeah. or even that moment. And let's face it, there's a lot of opportunities for people who want to capture special events like weddings or bar mitzvahs or quinceañeras. I mean, they, that can be part of a profession as well. Oh, absolutely. And and for one of the things that I talk about uh, in, the, in the conferences, I'm going to be talking about, uh, you know, doing wedding gigs. So you're not a full-time wedding photographer yet. You're just picking up a gig. And one of the things I recommend to people is to be a second shooter. Yeah. So find somebody who is shooting weddings, you know, and, and it's their gig and you're going to go as, and that's what they're called, a second shooter. And you have a third shooter. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I've done, the last wedding I did, I had, had three second shooters. I had three other people that are covering things. So, nice. like, I may be covering the uh, the bouquet toss from right in front of the bride and groom. And then somebody's covering from behind. And somebody's covering way, way back, and they're using a long lens. So there's all kinds of opportunities for other people uh, to, to, to really get to, to get the ropes and learn the business uh, without having to have the intense pressure of, yeah. uh, you know, recording a one-time event. Because there's no do-overs at a wedding. You get one shot at it, you mess it up, it goes really badly quickly. So uh, it's it's uh, a great way to start earning a little bit of money and learning the business. So it's stuff like that. There's so many things that people don't think about. Like, you know, it's harder to, you know, find bride and grooms and market and all that stuff. But it's a lot easier to just be at somebody else's gig you know, picking yeah. up and, and, uh, and getting a day rate. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Just like you said, uh, you know, the bar mitzvahs, the bat mitzvahs, all of it. There's, that's a, a growing business. You know what else is real estate photography? Oh yeah. I mean, the real estate market's been booming and I, I know more photographers that they get up in the morning they go to house number one, then they go to house number two. After lunch, they go to another house at another house and they spend their day going from model home to model home to house for sale. Uh, because that's how houses are sold today. You know, people are looking online and they're looking on Zillow and they're looking on Realtor.com and all these things to find out, you know, really look at these houses and, and the photography. It, it's how it's sold. There's a, with this two day live online conference that is going to be happening starting up on uh, Tuesday. Does this cover? I mean, there is an aspect. Yes, the business aspect is important. What about the art itself? Because you really can't go into a million dollar home. Which, which, and I've done one of these before, and it's a blast. But you can't go in and and just shoot it from every corner. There are certain aspects of that house you need to get. Will it cover like maybe the finer points on on how to capture a home, how to capture certain rooms? I'm glad you asked that. No, it absolutely is not. Good. All right. Good. We <laughs> cleared that up. No. Now you realize we teach that stuff all year long. We yes. literally do. We have nine hundred plus full-length classes. And those classes do exactly what you just said. We have classes that take you into a home. You're with the photographer. He's doing the lighting. He's going through all of that intricacy. The rest of the year, we're doing that. Yeah. Next weekend, <laughs> we are strictly going, here's the different ways you can make money. Here's what people are doing. And let's look at real estate and let's look at weddings. And so it's this, this thing, it literally the name of the conference is how to make money at photography. Yep. So we're not teaching you the craft. We're showing, look at all these things that you could be doing 
You know, these are all ways that you could be making money and, and gigging. It's kind of like we're we're introducing like Uber and Lyft for the first time to a lot of photographers. <laughs> like it's that kind of this is your side hustle yeah. uh, for now. So that's really what it's about. And people will be tackling all kinds of different topics right there. Talk, you know, one person is talking about uh, portraits and the portrait business and how to start picking up some money with that. Somebody else says how to write for a magazine. I mean, excuse me, how to shoot for a magazine and all these different things. So it's it's. All these different topics, it's two tracks, it's two days. So we're covering all kinds of stuff, how to sell NFTs and just all the crazy oh. things that are going on, stock photography, all that stuff. And, and with, with all... It's, it's a lot. With all of this, yeah. I mean, that is that is a lot of ground to cover in two days. And then we'll be able to pick this up. Uh, KelbyOneLive.com forward slash money is the link. So I want our listeners to check this out. But also... One of the things that I know, and this kind of covers a financial aspect, is the legal aspects when it comes to photography. What you can shoot, what you can't shoot, how do you get it protected? Is that also going to be featured? Not at all. Not even <laughs> one. However, however. I'm, I'm batting 100 there, Scott. <laughs> no, no, but this is okay because it, it's the other side of our business, right? So this is a two-day conference, and if, if people go, it's archived for a year, so they Perfect. can watch it for a year. But uh, our Kelby One, you know, subscription membership thing, we have literally classes on the latest copyright rules, the latest model releases, all nice. these legal things that we cover all that stuff, not in this conference, but we do cover it at just KelbyOne.com where we have this giant library of, of online classes. That that we do. We covered it to death, and we've got it. In fact, that class is taught by a uh, an attorney that specializes in photographers' rights Right. And an advocate uh, for photographers' rights. And the two of them are, are hilarious together because it sounds like it would be a boring topic, but these guys make it fun. Uh, and they've got great stories and scary stories and all kinds of stuff. It, <laughs> it does make you go, oh, I need to play by the rules. I need to do this right yeah. to protect yourself and to you know, protect your clients as well. But, yeah, so we have tons of that. But literally, the, this conference is so focused on not really teaching you the art of wedding photography, it's showing here's the ways you can make money in wedding photography. Well, and so it's really about how do I cash in on this stuff and pay for my gear? Exactly. <laughs> picking up some side gigs and side hustles. Well, and, and okay, I, I might be right on with this idea because I do know that one of the things that my friends that also do photography, the big question they always ask me, how much should I charge? <laughs> You know, they want to make money doing it. They want to go buy that new lens or that new camera. Uh, that's oh, yeah. always been a question, too. Is is that going to be covered? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Okay, let me, let, me qualify, uh, let me qualify this. Let me qualify it. All right. Okay, so there is a, there is a rule that you cannot get a, a room full of professionals together and, and say, Here's here's how here's what I charge for a a wedding because yeah. that's price fixing. If you're basically saying, "Hey everybody, the price for a wedding is this much," then you know that's 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 illegal. Yeah. Um, it's you can't really tell. But what you can say is, for my last wedding, I charge this. We'll have a lot of that. Fine point. We'll have a lot of people giving very very good examples of particular things. But when it comes to pricing, like I spoke at a conference once and I had to sign an agreement. But I would never mention pricing, oh, like wow. because they were so concerned about uh, collusion or whatever it's yeah. called when you 
get a bunch of people together and go, hey, here's what we're going to charge for, you know, weddings. Now it's $5,000. We all agree. Everybody, yes. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So yeah. they're so worried about that that I had to sign an agreement saying I wouldn't talk about it. Man. But we, we have found what it is okay to talk about, which is I just did a portrait shoot and I charged 750 But, of course, it depends. Are you charging in New York City? Or are you charging in Kansas? City? Exactly. <laughs> the price differences are dramatic. So, uh, so it will be discussed, of course, that the whole thing's about making money. But we'll yeah. be very careful to to stick to the rules, so Perfect. we don't all go to. Well, I, I like this because the, I know we have a lot of photographers that tune in and maybe listening to this, thinking, you know, gosh, I really, you know, I love doing this. It would be nice to to make money. And let's face it, gear isn't inexpensive. So this is a great way to say, I really want to make money doing this. So they want to watch this at KelbyOneLive.com forward slash money and be able to check that out. That's Tuesday and Wednesday, a two-day live online conference. Now, I got to get your opinion on this, Scott, because um, I okay, respect okay. your opinion very much. Sony recently made a statement, and we talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago, that they feel the DSLR is, is going away, that uh, it will eventually not be important because we carry so much of technology in our our smartphones those are the cameras you know we got to remember sony does have the mirrorless cameras out do you see this yep. is is there some truth to this well i i i think the dslr days are already gone uh now mirrorless cameras i think will still be around for a while but the dslr sony yeah. canon and nikon all none of them make dslrs anymore Wow. None of them make lenses for them anymore. They've all announced. Uh, Sony made their last DSLR in 2016. Oh man! So DSLRs, so regular digital cameras as we know them, are are they're dead. So mirrorless is still very very popular. But I got to tell you, every time a new iPhone comes out, yeah. and then Samsung comes to, with their features on their phones, uh, I, I mean, the phones in our uh, and the cameras in our phones today are incredible, yeah. incredible. And they keep getting better all the time, and more people get using them. I could see a day, I don't think it's two years from now, but I could see a day where, and this would, I could say, would be relatively soon, where professionals are carrying DSLRs, but the public, no, you're, not, you're not buying them for your kids' photos anymore. Because, you know, that was the number one driving thing of people buying cameras yeah. was, you know, uh, a couple get together, they have kids, and what do they do? Oh, I want pictures of my kids, and they used to go out and buy a camera. Yeah, exactly. Now they don't they don't need to because their phone is right there for every moment. They don't have to worry about having it. Do I have the right film? Do I, you know, yeah. do I have a memory card? Where do I, where's my memory card? You know, it's, it's already automatically saved to the cloud. I mean, the advantages of phone photography are, are a lot. And, uh, and in fact, we did a whole conference on iPhone photography. There you go. We had, and, uh, so yeah, I think it is, I, I don't know if the timeline is very is very tight, but I think that yeah, there's going to be a time where, you know, you're not going to look on the sidelines of an NFL game and see photographers holding phones. Oh wow! I don't think that's coming anytime soon. You're not. I don't. I don't see that. I yeah. don't see you going to a baseball game or a basketball game or a serious wildlife photographer out in Africa shooting with a phone. Yeah, exactly. However, for almost everything else, for like travel and for portraits and things like that, you know the. The portrait mode on the iPhone that makes the background out of focus. It looks like you shot it with a DSLR. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got shots on my phone, and so have friends have as well, where you would swear it was shot with a, an expensive DSLR with an expensive lens, and it was taken with an iPhone. So, yeah, I think that 
for for the most part, I'm I'm going to have to think they're probably right. But I think it's going to be a while again before you see a major golf tournament. <laughs> the pro photographers are holding phones. I'm not seeing that one. Also, exactly. think about this: if you hired a photographer to shoot your wedding and you paid him five thousand bucks, right? I'm just yeah. picking a number out of the sky. Yeah. But you know, wedding photographers, good ones are not cheap. So let's say it's five thousand bucks, and they show up with a phone. <laughs> You're going to have a talk with them. Yeah, you're going to wonder, right? <laughs> you're going to sit down and say, "Let's go, let's renegotiate this deal." <laughs> I didn't pay for someone to pull a phone out of their pocket. But that's because yeah, if I get hired for a wedding, I'm bringing the big guns, man. I want to make them feel like they, they invested exactly, wisely. even if it's a prop, just have it up there. You know, yeah, even though I don't even use it. Yes, it, well, it's amazing. And again, uh, Kelby One, you have so many different videos and demonstrations that are up there that uh, really our listeners can go in, find out all about how they can get access to these. Uh, and again, learn everything about everything about the art of photography. And now they can learn how to make money with photography. Some great stuff, Scott, as always great to talk to you. Same here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was, that was a fun chat. <laughs> I loved it. Well, one day I'll get That's it all absolutely right. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> KelbyOneLive.com forward slash money. Scott Kelby, thanks for joining us. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Hey, this is comedian Kathleen Madigan, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio, something I will never be listening to because I hate technology. But for those of you that do, these are your guys. Oh my God, guys, 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 guys. <laughs> it has been announced. GoldenEye 007 should be coming out June 28th. Wait, finally. All right. So yes. Talk about remake, why this is remaster. so big. Yeah. Oh my God. GoldenEye from the Nintendo 64 era. That was like the biggest game of the decade. People say it was right, one of the John? best games ever. It, oh, 100%. And the, the biggest thing that is the biggest thing people take away from this is that. The original developers, the original company, I don't remember who made it, didn't want multiplayer Rare. in it at all. Yeah, they no, 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 no. The the publishers didn't want multiplayer. The developers put multiplayer in at the last minute and they took it to the developer the publisher and the publisher's like, Well, I guess it's completed. I guess we'll go ahead and release it. But the thing the best part about it is the, the original de- developers were were four guys. Three of them had never worked on a video game ever in their life. <laughs> And one of them did. And they released one of the best video games of all time. We're talking about James Bond 007 GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64. And now they're coming out with a remaster, presumably on the Nintendo Switch. And will you be able to play it on any other platforms? I doubt it. Ah. I doubt it. But if the, if it's online multiplayer, that's going to be amazing. Oh, my God. It's going to break the Internet. Now I'm going to have to buy a Switch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so going to get that. I swear to gosh, if it comes out on June 28th, I said June 28th, June 29th, I'm so going to buy it. Because it, the reason it's saying June 28th, 29th is because that's when the original GoldenEye was released back oh, nice. in 1997. Wow. That's, so, that's not yeah, that it, it's, it's such a good game. Like from a storyline perspective, it follows the movie pretty, pretty solid. Because uh, the Goldeneye movie I thought was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little well, campy in spots, but it's good, right? It was Pierce Brosnan, right? Movie. Yeah, yes, Pierce Brosnan. But the th- yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's from from a from a from playing it as a as a, as a child, right? That's when I played it. Uh, four player, one screen. Yep. And we even took cardboard boxes. 
cut yep. them in half. And, yep, and split them split so you couldn't see the other screen. Yep. Put a slit in the middle and slid the other piece in so we all had our mm-hmm. own screen. Oh, that's yep. awesome. Oh, I used to race home from high school, and we would be the first person to touch my door was player one, which was always me. And then everybody else would be player two, three, and four. We would play from like 3.30 p.m. until like 6 when my parents got home every single day. All right, June twenty eighth. Probably keep an eye on the best. Keep an eye on social media June twenty eighth because there'll probably yes a lot of talk about that. Yes. Now the other thing I wanted to mention too, there is something that we don't normally talk about politics. No. On this show, oh. but there is something going on that is tech related that needs to be discussed, and it needs to make more people aware of what's going on, and that is the bill that currently sits on the Senate floor. And that is the uh, the the bust up big tech act. All right. And this this bill now I can't I don't have the time or the bandwidth right now to discuss all the details about this bill. However, John Oliver, who does last week tonight on uh, HBO, if you if you have an HBO Max subscription, you can watch it, or you can just go to YouTube and type in John Oliver last week tonight, and that segment is on YouTube. It talks all about what's happening with this bill. Do you? A lot of people listening to this show probably remember back in the day when AT and T was broken up by the government. Oh yeah, this we're talking about what the early nineties, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. At that time, AT and T was like, "Oh my God, guys, you can't do this. Don't let the government break us up because your phones won't work, and you're going to lose all this stuff." And everything, all the houses are going to burn down. Don't let AT&T be broken up. Well, guess what? AT&T was broken up. And what did we get out of it? The internet. Yeah. Right? We did not have the internet prior to this. This is what's happening right now. Big tech is saying to everybody, and they're releasing millions and millions of dollars in commercials to try to tell people, don't vote for this bill because they're afraid. But this bill is saying, oh, gosh, if if you let this bill pass, your Amazon Prime shipping, your two-day shipping is going to go away. Wait, and I, you're, the, the government's going to track your cell phones, and they're going to be able to hack into it. Don't let this bill pass. I, I'll be honest with you. I've seen the ad for the Amazon thing, and I have yeah, no idea what it was about. It is, it is not true. This is what has to happen. If we want to get innovation— and we want to we want to proceed as a society. We have to break up big tech. Big tech is breaking in billions and billions of dollars, and they're very comfortable where they're sitting. But they don't want innovation. They don't want competition. Uh, John Oliver again talks about this in his segment. Again, please go to YouTube. Look up John Oliver last week tonight. Big tech. All right. Watch that segment. It's like twenty minutes long. He can go into all the details about it. But it's basically, look, if we don't let this pass, we're not going to innovate more as a, as a society. And we're not talking about America. We're talking about the world. We need so, to break up big tech. I just looked up the, the, the breakup of the bell system of what this is called. So in 1974, AT&T was at that time the sole provider of telephone services throughout most of the United States. Furthermore, their subsidiary, Western Electric – was all they were owned so they they literally had total control yep. over communication technology in the US mm-hmm. and Canada and they got split up into seven companies eight companies seven independent regional holding companies so by region right so yeah sure. uh, so 
I can think of two companies right now that fit that bill. Google and Meta. Yeah. Meta being Facebook. Well, yeah. Amazon. And Amazon. And Amazon. Amazon is the marketplace. You cannot compete with Amazon. And John Oliver talks about that. He talks about how you cannot compete with Amazon. Well, what about Microsoft? Would they still be in that loop? I mean, they've always been considered mm. to be... You know, one of the bigs. They're, they're a tech giant, but they're not a communication and a marketplace giant. Yeah, I mean, you got Apple, you got Microsoft. I think those two are on a different level, to be honest. Because Microsoft was already broken up before. You know, antitrust. You know, back in early 2000s. Can't do this anymore, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're talking about Google. You're talking about Facebook. You're talking about Amazon. You're talking about Twitter. These are the big tech companies that they're targeting that that nobody can compete with. No other social media platforms can can come about. Yeah, but because can, do Facebook we consider, and Twitter do we consider Twitter to be tech though? I I No, it is. No. It's a big tech. It's a big tech company. It is social media. It is definitely a big tech company. Yeah, all right. I don't um, know. But 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 nobody can compete with Amazon. I mean, yeah. sellers, if you're not on Amazon, there was a guy, again, you got to watch the John Oliver segment. There was a guy that talks about this. He's like, we tried to put our products on every other platform out there except for Amazon. And all of our other platforms combined did not do 10% of the sales that Amazon did. Wow. Now, this is a bill that's going through right now. It is. And it has to be voted on soon. And so we don't get to vote on it as citizens. But what we can do is we can call our congresspeople and our senators and say, you need to support this bill. You need to vote yes on this. Now, it is bipartisan, too. So I'm not talking about conservatives versus liberals. This is bipartisan. It is supported by both parties, and it is going to hit the Senate floor. It's already been passed by the House, which is Democratic-controlled. It is now going to the Senate, but it needs 60 votes in the Senate. All right. All right. Cool. So we need to help our senators. The John Oliver thing. I've got HBO. And I, you know what? Since uh, about a year, I've not watched any of the John Oliver things. And I, oh, they're I so good. I usually like them. They're, they're actually they're so pretty well good. done. All yeah. right. We got to take another break. We come back. We have more of Tech Talk Radio. Please hang out. You can find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Be right back. And now. Back to Tech Talk Radio. Hi, this is Christopher Walken, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. I just think they talk kind of strange. It's going to be wild. Not as crazy as this show. Come on. So since tomorrow is Father's Day, and there may be uh, listeners thinking, gosh, I didn't know what to get dad for Father's Day or what to give my spouse for Father's Xbox. Day. Xbox. Yeah. So what, suggestions. What are some things? On TV this week, I showed the... Uh, the K Kingston XS2000, one terabyte uh, external. It's an SSD drive. Wait, USB I'm sorry. Did you just say? Did you just say one thousand terabyte? No, I said one terabyte. One terabyte. Oh, you? I think it's I said one thousand terabyte. I'm like XS2000. Okay. okay. They also have the four terabyte model, which has just been announced. So this one is good. And then also on television showed the Steel Series Arctis Nova Pro headphones, which feature spatial. You're gonna. Send those to me, right? I wish I could. I got to send them back. I didn't get to keep them. I wanted them. But these feature spatial technology with their Sonar software. This is, uh, let me show you the little note they sent me. They said, 
These are so good, you'll hear your own thoughts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, dude, I want those. These are supposed to be one of the best in the industry. Best high-end gaming headset voted by IGN. So if you're thinking about a gift for dad, I showed these on TV. Anything else you guys can recommend? Uh, last year, so we're, I'm probably going to get something for my dad uh, related to his Volkswagen his Volkswagen bus, which he just finished restoring. Wow. Um, last year, we got him like factory VW hubcaps, like the actual ones with the VW logo on oh. them. He was really happy with those. Um, so I got him a couple of VW-related things uh, to celebrate him being actually completed with it after all these years that he's had it. So uh, he's really excited about it. He's got it running. He's really excited about it. So hope to uh, get a ride in it here pretty soon. Justin, anything uh, that you would think would be a good idea? Uh, For me? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, I would have to say probably... <laughs> Probably that new GoldenEye game if it comes out. Ah, there you go. Or get a certificate, yeah. a gift certificate. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I didn't even think about to... me. It's my first Father's Day. Yeah, exactly. What do you want? I yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, I got a More ham radio antennas? I got, I got a t-shirt from Caitlin. Yeah. Which Ooh. is the it's the shirt that they wear in the, the D&D club on Stranger Things. Oh, perfect. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So I meant to go get it earlier, but I forgot. Wait, so what's the name I'll, of that club again? I forget. Uh, the Hell Riders Club or something. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, I would think it would have been something from Wise, but the that's okay. Nah. No, I I, I said I want something radio related uh, or nerdy related. So speaking of that, real quick, can you guys talk about GRMS? Do you do you want yeah. to talk about that? Oh, All right, quickly. Uh, so sure, uh, my GMRS.net, which is a list of GMRS repeaters um, that you can. Hit up uh, using a GMRS radio. Um, GMRS radio is, think of it this way. You go to Walmart or Meyer, whatever, and you buy a radio to talk to your friends on. That is what's called a family radio service radio. There is a set frequency list of channels that that radio can talk to. GMRS talks on those same frequencies, except you're allowed to use more power so you can talk longer distances. Sure. And okay. the the radios are called are, are what are what called repeater enabled, meaning you can transmit on one frequency to a repeater and hear back the output of that repeater on a separate frequency. So that allows mm. you to connect to these repeaters. And if you use my GRMS GMRS.net, you com, can look actually. and find repeaters in your area. Andy found one in his backyard apparently. Yep. yep. Um there's one about eight or nine miles from, from my house, which I can hit. And the best part about this is you don't need a license for FRS, which is the radios you can buy in the blister packs at the store. You do need a radio uh, license to transmit on G uh, GMRS frequency, the same frequencies, but the rate that the using those radios, uh, it just helps keep the, the repeaters freed up and, and stops, you know, stops people from just, we could just we could time. just let him go for hours, couldn't we? Oh, we could. We could. <laughs> I think it's I, exciting. We didn't get a chance to talk about any of the stuff about radio that I wanted to talk about this week. So All right. we should just have a whole segment we'll dedicated to we'll me talking about radio. Save it for next week. Uh, that website, and that could be our website of the week, is mygmrs.com forward dot slash no dot no, com, dot com. forward dot com? slash nets, and that'll get you there to that area, and you'll be able to see it. Mygmrs.com slash nets. Perfect. And All right. You can get a you can get a license, thirty five dollars from He's the SEC. Going. Good luck navigating their website. <laughs>
Love you, Sean. Happy Father's Day to you and Justin. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. All right, we'll be back next week with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm KD9VFE. (laughs) And I'm Justin Lemmy. Have a great week.